here we are at Pod and Market. If we sound a little different this episode, that is because we're recording in person for the first time in over a year. What is also amazing is that we are recording this appropriately distanced and with precautions taken at one of the most spectacular spaces in the Ironbound, a space you may not even have heard of. We are at ODR Studios on Madison Street. ODR is a curated 4,500 square foot industrial loft space about a five minute walk from Penn Station that offers a wide array of studio services for filming, photography, and audio production. There's also a 5,000 square foot workshop below the studio space we are sitting in. ODR has been a setting for music videos, documentaries, fashion shoots, and a whole host of other things we'll get into in this interview. We are joined by Alex Hodgkinson, the founder of this space. Um, so first of all, I want to thank him for A, being open to record in person, and B, showing me this space. I, I actually visited this space a week before we were recording and was astounded just to see what was here in the heart of the Ironbound, and you wouldn't even know it uh, unless you actually came into it. So uh, first, just want to ask you, Alex, how are you doing? Doing very well, thank you. Thanks for uh, thanks for thanks for coming coming back. I know, yeah. I, I, you didn't have to ask me back. This is I, <laughs> the space is amazing. Good. Um, good. So just like, could you uh, quickly like, just explain what is ODR Studios? What what do you guys do here? What kind of space is this? Uh huh. So it's um, ODR Studios is a forty five hundred square foot industrial shoot location and photography studio. Um, the building is from the nineteen twenties and uh, has a you know, the I kind of one of our signatures is that it has Belfast trust uh, shaped trusses, which are these kind of crisscross, um, this crisscross of uh, on the roof. And um, but we we host and help produce all types of productions from music videos, like you said, to commercials, interviews, um, and kind of everything in between. So um, that's our that's our bread and butter, as it were. Um, but then. We also do some fabrication in the shop downstairs and host the occasional private uh, dinner uh, or event um, or even wedding, you know, if, it, uh, if, if we think it suits, suits the studio, so. Yeah, it's, it's really cool that you have that kind of vision for this space because we're essentially, and correct me if I'm wrong, we're essentially in an old, um, I don't wanna call it a factory. It's not quite a factory, it's a, it's a workshop. It's a sort of industrial space um, and that you saw in this space the ability to turn this into not only a studio, but like you said, an event space. I'm wondering, how did that come about? Because this this is not a brand new space for you, right? You you know this space pretty well. Yeah, I think the well, the vision for me once I once I started transforming the space was I I saw all the windows that we had, you know, these massive old windows. They took about a week each to repair, but once you started seeing the light that came through, because um, there used to be chicken wire uh, glass in the in all of the windows, the old windows. So we smashed that out, put put this new in, but you know, we did it during the summer when we didn't actually need any new glass in before. So it was the kind of wind was coming through and um, and I thought to myself, gosh, you know, all the, I mean, how we ingest information as a society is all visual. So, you know, we're, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, we're ingesting information visually. And if I could create a space which is, um, visually cool enough and attractive enough to all different types of productions to come and film in here, then um, then maybe I was onto something. So that was my goal, initial goal. And then um, I think, you know, on top of that, uh, it's got the open floor plan and the, the, the space that you have in here kind of allows for, um, you know, events and, and dinners as well. And it's a, it's a great setting, you know, we line the 
for private dinners, we line the, you know, two or three long tables up down the middle with some, um, you know, white tablecloths and flowers, and it contrasts really well with the, all the industrial textures and, and things like that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think you also have just a really cool sense of aesthetic in here. I, you know, when I first walked into this space on, you know, about a week ago, you know, I walked up this ramp. So first of all, you have to like t walk up a ramp to get in. I mean, there's other entrances for sure, but like the way I think a lot of people first see this space, right. Is they come through this, this essentially this ramp that you have a truck sitting on <laughs> and then you come in here and you see some old, uh, some vintage, I should say, that's a better adjective. You see some vintage cars, you see a vintage bike, you see a, a sort of couch here, but you also see like some old TVs and the space, it, it all works together. And I think that's an amazing thing about this space. It, it it just, you feel like you're transported into another world. And and that's not necessarily unique for Newark. I've been to other similar spaces. Like we talked, uh, when we were talking to each other earlier this week, we have a mutual friend who has a similar like kind of factory space that's like similarly set up. Um, but what makes yours amazing is we're literally right off Ferry Street in the heart of the Ironbound, not not far deep in the junkyards, but like literally five minutes from Penn Station. I've walked by this place so many times thinking, oh, this is just a body shop, right? Or some kind of like, you know, business that's been here for like 50 years that's just like kind of getting through. But you're you're essentially, you reinvented the space. But I just want to ask you a quick question. Um this is not like a, you know, you weren't a new guy to come to Newark in, in a sense. This is, um, correct me if I'm wrong, a place that's been in your family for a long time, right? Yeah. So in uh, in 1967, my grandpa bought bought the building um, just after this, the civil rights riots here and um, started a uh, transformer workshop downstairs. And then you used to rent up here to transformer workshop as well. But they've made things like trucks up here. Um, they've made um, electrical nylon thread, which was used in electronics um, and a bunch of other kind of industrial things. So, but it, it kind of sat empty for 45 years. So whilst I used to occasionally come to the office here, um, it was kind of pretty full of uh, all sorts of nonsense uh, mm -hmm. that would collect over 45 years and all those tenants coming in and out. And so, it was and it was it was a mess so it was hard to it, i think it was tough to really envision it being something um until i you know decided that you know it was gonna happen one day and and then once you start unveiling the things like the windows and then you know i remember cleaning the floor up and seeing the old paint on the floor and um you know and and the amazing bones of, of this place as well you know like you have the um you know the trusses which sit on concrete ledges at the end you know which means there's no columns here you know it's very rare nowadays to have a 5000 square foot space which has no columns in it um and then you know to again like the trusses you know to try and do this truss work today would be would be pretty kind of financially bleeding uh, whereas back in the 20s it was more commonplace so um yeah but you know and and it's held up great so yeah it was no stranger to the place but was definitely didn't frequent it too much um until uh about 20 2017 which is mm. april 2017 is that when you guys opened up this space we know april 2017 is the first day i came in to start working on it and took took kind of took me a year it was it was it was a 
it was a it was a big project um and i kind of decided to do it um as much myself as possible um so that i could start to learn how to do a lot of the a lot of the work <laughs> i hope no permitting people come after me after <laughs> this <laughs> but that's a <laughs> if, if anything they'll be wowed by like what you did here. yeah um but so kind of yeah took took a year but had friends come in and uh, occasionally and and help out so shout out to those friends that did because they're they know who they are and um yeah so it took a year but then and then i say kind of our first ever day open was uh april 14th 2018 um and i remember having a shoot uh for a skincare company kind of four days later so um Wow, right off the bat, you were already getting commercials and things uh, like that. A little shoot, I think. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, I kind of used that year, that year marker as a really good target. So it was kind of just, you know, as you do when you set a target like that, you kind of, you know, just make sure you, you get within that year, it's kind of all can relatively complete. But, um, and then luckily we had a, a music video um, happen, yeah, a month after that as well, kind of in the in May area, which, and then from there, it's just we've tried to kind of keep keep pushing it, keep improving the space, and keep letting people um, know about it as well, which is which is a big factor because when you're in Newark, and you know, I didn't really have much production experience and connections in the production world, so you know, a lot of that. I mean, we're still doing it now, but a lot of that, you know, first whatever four, five, six months is just kind of saying, hey, by the way, we're here, and if you like it, come come and do something. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny, and I feel bad, like. Um, the world doesn't revolve around me. Surprise, surprise. But like, I was kind of blown away when, so how we met, let me, I'm going to just let the audience know. I was sitting in Sihana. We have an episode about a couple episodes back with the owner um, and creator of that space, Kreshnik. And I think it was, and, and another podcast uh, guest, Gabe Ribeiro was there too. And I think you just showed up because it was a Friday night and you're like getting some food or something. And Was it Friday or Thursday? It was a Thursday or Friday. It was one of those. Thursday, like, I think. Was it a Thursday a night? Thursday and I wanted to come play chess. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Because we were all there playing our, our chess. And, you know, I think it's Gabe. I think it was Gabe. I'm going to blame him for this. It was like, you should meet Alex. And I was like, okay, what does he do? He's like, well, he runs a studio here in the Ironbound. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, no, there's a bunch of people, artists who are just like floating around. And... You, I think you pulled out your phone and you showed me pictures of the space and I was just floored um, and blown away by like what, what I was looking at. And, you know, I think I had, and it, it jogged my memory, I think I had seen photos of this space, someone else showing it to me. And then I go back to my own social media, I look at other people who I know and they've all been here already. And I, that's when I felt like an idiot because I was like, oh man, I'm the last one to this party. <laughs> You know, I'm showing up at midnight when everyone's about leaving. Which, uh, which I'm sure is quite rare for you. Yeah, well, I feel like you're you're kind of on the pulse about most things in Newark. I would think so. But like, you know, I, I'm an oddball too. So I'm, I'm often like ahead of the ball on some things, but also like definitely behind it on others. And I'm often, you know, I have to have people tell me these things are going on. Sure. Here. I wouldn't feel too bad as well because I think, um, you know, we try and purposefully not be too on the radar mm -hmm. you know we i feel like we are a special place in nook and you know we reach out and and communicate with people within the production world you know it's not i think there's some you know i, I don't want it to be kind of a like a you know free fall in mm -hmm. you know in the sense of here so i wouldn't um we kind of we're trying to do it organically and we didn't kind of put too much out there um 
or push it too much out there. So um, just kind of let it do spread kind of word of mouth-esque uh, in Newark. So. Yeah, and I think you preserve that sort of, I feel like it's an overblown term at this point, but intimate, more, more so private kind of space. I mean, it is, I mean, you guys have a public facing website. I'm going to put it on the show notes, but um, you do have to book this space. You can't just walk in, right? This is, you know, uh, a private space in that sense, right? You still have to, you know, use it. Uh, or book it right it's not a it's not a gallery for example sure sure i think we are you know open to doing things like galleries and um you know obviously public events um but we want to make sure they're the right thing you know i think like as well there's you know people everyone wants to always do events and and things like that but I, i again like it's such a personal space there's so much that went into it to get it to this point you know i feel like um i want everything to be in here to be in that sense to be you know like of a certain of a certain uh, quality i think and to keep the integrity of the space and to keep you know i don't want people coming in you know after having been to an event on a saturday coming in and you know the next month going oh i was i was here last month for this and that it's like that doesn't the the wow you know you can lose the wow um whereas productions i think are uh, a different you know different animal so yeah and i agree with you i think this is more of a destination than like a stop like if you think of like sometimes what happens in Newark, you know, before COVID, you'd have uh, an event Saturday where there's like 10 different events. And like oftentimes some of the places can be just a stop along the way to like the final gallery thing or maybe the gallery thing is in the middle. But I definitely feel with this space, it, it would be underusing this space to to not make it the center focus. Or if it is the main setting for to show off, let's say if you do uh the showing of some pieces of art or something like a very small kind of intimate affair and it's also not that big of a space you really i mean like it's big don't get me wrong but like you get like 30 people in here and it's you're gonna feel crowded right? sure you can fill it up quick but it also um when you have 30 or like you know i remember we did a so far sounds which was one of my favorite ever events we did here back just before covid what kind of event was that it was so far sounds is a uh, music event mm-hmm where we had uh three artists come perform actually on just just in front of the couch we're sitting on right here and then we had people from newark and new york come out and sit on the sofas and um and you know yeah like listen to all these artists one of one of who's a good friend of mine called marlo marlo smith uh who's a rapper uh who lives up in harlem now and uh yeah it was a really good night and i was it was a shame because i was looking forward to doing more of those with with so far sounds you know um have you ever heard of you haven't no, heard of them no, no. They, but then again i'm the worst at this <laughs> my rap group of reference is still tribe called quest so it just shows you where i am <laughs> that's all right um anyway we were looking forward to doing more of those music events but obviously COVID happened but looking forward to as soon as we feel like it can be done safely picking those back up because like that i i think that is our way of like i think that is what what's best suited to kind of blend community and and the studio is live music in here you know with like intimate you know 40 50 people and uh kind of having it being slightly underground uh, unknown you know sort of you know i love the irony because we're definitely not underground <laughs> we're definitely not underground but we're, we are no, up, we are up the ramp yep and you know like you attested to before yeah. you know if you were to walk past it, you know we you, you still don't have any idea what's really up here unless unless you've That'd be a great, that would be a great name for a series of music things, like maybe four or five you do a year. Just call it Up the Ramp. Up the Ramp. That'd be really yeah, great. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, but let's talk about let's um, let's talk about events and stuff that's been in here. Um, not to name drop or anything like that, but I'm just kind of interested. What's the most exciting stuff that's been in here so far? The most exciting stuff, um, I think, probably the most well known. Uh, it, it happened. It was that video that I that I mentioned right that kind of came in a month after, which I hope I don't bore anyone with uh, <laughs> anymore. But um, it was the Dua Lipa video uh, called Electricity with Mark Ronson and Diplo. And that was really cool because, it, again, we were super fresh on the scene. And then, uh, you know, 80 people come in here, you know, it's a kind of union gig and uh, they shine light through the windows and it's a shoot from 5 p.m. to uh, kind of 8 a.m. in the morning. So it's a kind of all night shoot. Um, we kept the music down, but... Um, and that was wild because you know it had dancing and it, and and immediately they and they used actually the kind of exactly how the space I had set it up so that was cool it mm. was kind of they used this exact couch she was dancing on this couch that was pretty exciting off the bat and um, and actually was a pretty big moment in her career as well um, and the fact that she's English and I'm English and she she's from like pretty much down the road was pretty cool um, so that's been great. Um, and other than that yeah i mean we did a one of my next kind of favorite in terms of like the whole um shoot day environment was we did a commercial with airbnb i would say back in i think september last year and that was like again 100 kind of a crew of about 120 um they kind of take take over a lot of the street um and uh just to see kind of the level of equipment and they, I think they they let off uh, 400 butterflies. Um, <laughs> hopefully, no one from Airbnb is because it, it, it's not out yet. I've been I've been searching. I'm like, oh, is, really? When is it coming out? Because I keep so let's just a little bit of an Airbnb riff, um, if you don't mind. I, of course, I, I love to turn this co into a conversation. Anyway, so um, Airbnb, not to call anyone out, has been really irking me these last few weeks. So they have an ad. It came up on when I'm watching YouTube videos. It comes up, and uh, it's their like coming back into business. So there's some, like Airbnb has been really affected by this pandemic, right? And so people, In a good way. How in think? a good way? Explain this to me. In a, I mean, Airbnbs have been going off the off the chart. Oh, because people just like get them. Well, so people, so people have the freedom to work from anywhere remotely, True. you know, and people have therefore, you know, a lot of my friends have been going to different parts of the country and, and renting Airbnbs. I think Airbnb is, is is up you can I mean, air you can airbnb this space for 500 well yeah well i exactly it is that uh, funny enough it is actually on airbnb yeah. um probably not for a a nightly kind of price uh that would attract too many people yeah no no i get but, that, yeah. but it is it's up there on a kind of production sense uh because people look when producers are looking for visuals blah 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 they um they look on places right. like airbnb for a kind of big loss anyway we digress yeah no no digress. so uh, we're gonna get back to this because i actually want to talk about how scouts find your place because i think I'm, I'm passing this but yeah to finish the story so airbnb you could look this up they have a commercial for like families you know going back to using airbnb and it's a very cutesy ad uh -huh. And there's a ukulele. I'm pretty sure it's a ukulele or a mandolin, one of the two, in the background, playing a song. Like you know, most commercials, you know, they 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 buy the rights right. to cover a song, and it goes like dum, dum, dum. And I was like, wait, is that "Walk on the Wild Side" by Lou Reed? <laughs> now, if you know the song, okay. If you don't know the song, the melody's kind of cute and whatever, and especially played on a ukulele, you're like, ah, oh, cutesy, whatever background music. 
But if you know this song, it's about like life in the like, you know, sort of Andy Warhol, Soho, West Village kind of like 1970s of like people of like, you know, trans people like, you know, trying to make it. Um, you know, about heroin users and stuff like that. And I'm like, this isn't a family commercial. (laughs) I was was waiting for someone to be like, I know that song and then looking it up and like getting pissed. I think, um, I guess they completely went over the the, the actual history behind the song and just like the melody. They don't care. care. I've learned that they don't care about this stuff. But it's good that you picked that up on that. Because I'm insane. You're probably one of 10 people. Yes. <laughs> Worldwide. <laughs> oh my God. That's, uh, that's my life is one in 10 people on the planet who happen to just notice something weird. Um, <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, no, I want to talk about scouts because I'm actually fascinated because you said within four days of opening, uh, roughly you had uh, a shoot here. How do scouts find this place? Because it is off the beaten path and you really have to be looking to, to, to see that this is a production site. I'd say um, that's like the biggest part of my job is letting scouts know whether they're kind of location scouts for tv or film or whether they're producers for you know editorials or commercials or um you know shoots with brands it's that's or location departments in new york and um who who kind of have our listing and and you know kind of try to sell different clients on it and things like that those that's the that outreach is definitely what uh kind of i have to focus on the most and then once they kind of know about it and I'm telling you know, the, the right people about it, it's, uh, it's kind of in their hands and uh, then the location scouts bring the directors or the you know, producers on, the, um, on whatever shoot and they come visit the space, blah, blah, blah. And, and then, hey, presto, or, <laughs> or not. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, I'm kind of interested because like maybe, I mean, is this your background? Like, how, do you have experience in film, audio or photography production? Not really. Wow, uh, not really? really. Well, yeah, and that's why it was pretty. Um, at the beginning, it was important for me to kind of just constantly be reaching out. Um, but I think, I mean, you know, our our main job is like kind of as the studio as well as to be, is to kind of be a host, you know. So you've got to be personable. You've got to like make sure that they have a great time, a great experience when they when they come in here every time a crew comes in. Um, so that is. I kind of less about experience in production and more about kind of, uh, you know, uh, being a, being a human, uh, mm. and, and making sure that they, all the rest of the people have a, have a great time in here. So, um, hospitality, we're kind of like a, you know, you're in that kind of property, uh, hospitality studio kind of blend. I think yeah. that's how, that's how I see it. And, um, yeah, I think I luckily got brought up with, um, you know, folks who and and family who are always quite good at that sort of hosting in that sense, and hopefully picked up a few of those traits and and make sure everyone has a good time when they when they when they when they're in here. <laughs> I mean, the last the last interview you did with HBO, you know, everyone was doing we did we were doing shots at the end of the the shoot, <laughs> you know, which you think you know HBO they're not gonna yeah you know, but after a two day shoot and then we were you know like wherever I've got behind the counter as it were i think i know what you're referencing what was the hbo uh thing that they were here it for were, i don't think i can say it oh you Te- can't say it. you I can't I technically it. i can't say ah, it. damn it yeah. um i know it and um it, it's, <laughs> it's keep your watch it, hbo yeah. you know, this is an, this is a pitch for hbo it's yeah. a good channel i, mean, I do like it no nah, they're out they come out with <laughs> amazing know, new stuff. interviews or new documentaries kind of every week as yeah. it were um mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, yeah. this was not it, but I did see the Tina Turner one. That was very, very. Oh, great. the Britney Spears. What? 
Tina Turner or Britney Spears? I, no, I'm saying I saw the Tina, oh, Turner, the Tina Turner one. Turner. Yeah, oh, sorry. I, I saw that one and that was pretty great. Oh, um, okay. That was, I'm saying this is not the one that right. was on this thing. Um, but uh, they do do great documentaries and they're just like great TV shows. Like, um, what was I watching? Oh, I just started watching Generation, which is this new thing that was okay. on Okay, yeah, I've heard Max. of it. Yeah. Any good? It's interesting. It's very Lena Dunham. And I learned, and I, when I was looking at the credits, I was like, oh, she actually wrote this. So <laughs> that's why I'm feeling this way. <laughs> Um, I, I, I'll ask the audience to watch it and see what they come to their own conclusions. I think it's very interesting. Um, it's a little bit problematic, but okay. Um, I think it's interesting. There you go. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't watch enough HBO. I don't think, but um, it's expensive. You have to pay for it. <laughs> what is it? Fifteen a month? Uh, I don't know because it comes with my cable package, so I get the HBO Max with it. I know <laughs> I pay for cable. Don't judge. Um, but I do like you live still, TV still. Really? I do, I do because like yeah. Oh God, again, we digress. But um, I, I still like watching shows live. Like when The Americans was still on TV, which I loved. What's The Americans? Uh, oh, who? Oh, what is The Americans? Um, so The Americans is a uh, family drama uh-huh. uh, where um, the mother and father are actually. Um, covert uh, Soviet spies um, in during the 1980s, so during the Reagan era. And um, you think you go there for the spy stuff and the action, and there's a lot of killing, a lot of action, but you stay there for the family drama and this sort of very tense, um, some of the best acting, some of the best writing um, I've seen on TV, has one of the best TV endings, I think, ever. Um, better than the start of the Sopranos. Yeah, or better, yeah, the, yeah, the, famous, the, uh, the famous Sopranos ending, um, a show I love. Um, I, th- I think, I think the Americans is a better ending than the Sopranos really? ending. Wow. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, the Sopranos ending is iconic. Don't get me wrong. It's the, I mean, not to ruin it for anyone. It's the famous cut to black. Right. Um, and that's iconic in its own way. But the, um, the ending of the Americans, like the final episode is just this transcendent experience. Wow. Um, I'm sold. Yeah, no, you should watch it. It's, it's, it's really great. It's on um, HBO? If you, um, no, sorry. FX. That's FX. <laughs> it's on FX. Um, FX who also does really good stuff. Um, but we did it. We did an interview for FX. Um, oh, really? Cool. Yeah, on Britney Spears. Oh, was that the FX Brit- and um, uh, FX and Hulu and Hulu? Right. Yeah. Oh, um, so the Britney. You did the Britney doc here. The Britney Spears. Yeah, framing Britney Spears. Yep. That was all the interviews. Save were, Britney. Save were shot here. Yeah. Really. And that Britney. was that was cool. I, I watched that and I was I felt like complete shit because I grew up in that era and I you know consumed her music and you know. We didn't realize the song Lucky, you know, is a cry for help, basically, of this woman who's been uh, a a sort of, I don't want to say victim because that's not the right word for it, but like who's been caged in by this industry, by her own parents or father, really. Yeah. um, Among other things, but yeah. Yeah, wild, um, wild to, to hear that in the flesh and then wild to hear, be lucky enough to like hear the interviewees speak here and and really it's kind of like an education for me when they when they do those documentaries because it's um and and then it's great to see them but they shot against a green kind of like a green backdrop uh then what's the point of coming here? Uh, yeah i don't know i don't know it was it was an odd one but you saw glimpses of the uh of this of, of the studio but in the hbo one they shot with the backdrop of here so that's a plug again <laughs> Oh man, uh, I'm looking at some. Like, I mean, obviously it'd be distracting, but I'm like looking at this like amazing. It looks like a Roy Lichtenstein piece. Almost. It is. It is. That's oh, it's a, based on that. Okay, really? It is. Yeah. yeah, it's one of his. It's one of his pieces. Oh man, 
Uh, that'd be a great backdrop, but it's totally distracting because all you'd be doing is instead of staring at the interviewee, would be like this amazing reproduction You're right. on a giant wall. And they would they would blow it out because they, they right, always have to blow that out and they have to blur that one out as well. Yeah. Um, but it would be. It would be. Plenty, yeah. plenty of backdrops in here. I know, yeah. Okay, let's just like, let's have a little fun right now. So things, like I spy right now. So I spy an Eames chair. Yep. Um, reproduction, what, unfortunately. A reproduction. But no, no, right. let, let's, let's all pretend it's real because we want to feel good about That's ourselves. That's true. Um, what is, what, what's the make and model of, so we have, we have a blue car in here, by the way, people. Um, what is the make and model of this? <laughs> it's, uh, a 1983, uh, Mercedes SL380. Diesel? No. <sighs> Guess. My grandfather drove, drove a diesel Mercedes, I think SL3. Had it till his dying days. Oh yeah? Uh, what he only passed away in like 2017 too. Wow. In Portugal. Wow. Where you could still get diesel pretty reliably. In Tenji. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, we were speaking Portuguese right before <laughs> this. He's he's actually taking classes. <laughs> um, because my mother listens to this, I'm not going to speak it because she'll judge my ability. How good is your Portuguese? I understand a lot. Um, okay. Speaking is kind of a bit hard for me. So, um, if fluent is fluency is ten, you're you're seven. Yeah, if yeah, I guess seven. Yeah, seven's actually that's a really good number. Yeah, okay. I, I would go with seven. Oh, um, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny because all my cousins my age in Portugal speak English, and so that's my default language now right. when I'm there because uh, I'm mostly hanging which out is, with them. Which is the problem. Well, that is the problem, but like at the same time, it's also like great because I can express myself. I I, I think one of the reasons why I struggle with speaking other languages is I feel hemmed in by my inability to express myself fully. Which and is, I'm, I'm someone who uses a lot of words. So, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As Absolutely. you can hear me right now. <laughs> For sure. So you, the inability to do that yeah. makes you feel uh, uh, frozen in that sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, and embarrassed, weirdly. Um, and I'm sure that's how other people feel too. I, like, I can't, I can't imagine I'm the only one who feels this way. Like, I'd imagine non-native English speakers who are just coming to this country who haven't learned the language because they don't watch necessarily American TV probably feel that same kind of embarrassment, uh, reticence, whatever you want to call it, when they can't speak the language sure. fluently. I'm, uh, you don't strike me as somebody that gets embarrassed too, too frequently. Oh, please. I, I'm like, I can be super shy at times. I oh, hate, okay. I can hate the, this is why podcasting is kind of great. Yeah. Because uh, you're not necessarily in the limelight. You're not being filmed. Um, but I, I, I get stage fright like no other, which is kind of crazy because I've done theater. I, you know, some things I do in, in my work uh, involve me being present and, and in <laughs> front of people yeah, where I'm stage. doing stuff. Yeah. Not even on stage, but like even intimately, but where the person is somewhat important. Um, I do get that kind of stage fright still. And, and um, it's kind of crazy because people think, oh, you do a podcast, you know, you, you're kind of a, you do stuff in Newark, like why are, why are you still afraid of that stuff? But it's, it's just. It, that's, that's, that's humans right there. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, kind of our yeah. base layer instincts right there so but let's let's go back to the i spy I, i'm gonna ask you what is your favorite thing in here i don't pick your favorite child i get the you know i feel bad having you to having you pick one but like if there if there's something in here that made you go like that's like my like i love to show people this i love to show people that um yeah. good question man i mean a favorite item in here <laughs> that's i mean Maybe one of the bikes, you know, is like, is, is just up, is up there just because of mm. the fact that it's, I think they're kind of like, they're art, but they're functional art and you can drive them and you can move. Yeah. Um, but other than that, maybe the bookshelf, because that was a, that was a pretty 
like tough project to build. That one we're still filling it with books, but I love the kitchen as well. I think the light, um, and then I, I mean, my favorite aspect of the studio mm. is the windows. I mean, yeah. and I'm and kind of remembering how I got those, you know, like renovated those the windows and for them to, um, you know, still be doing their thing as it were. Uh, What's the magic hour in here? Is there one? Magic hour is uh, yeah. Five, at the moment it changes you know depending yeah. on the sun but at the moment it's about five or five or six p.m yeah. the golden hour yeah the golden hour the yeah, golden yeah. Hour. yeah so uh, just to explain to the audience who might not know um it's a term in filming and photography actually it's, i think it originally comes from photography of this like time of day that like um when the sun is so when the sun's directly over you it's 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 not as good as it being at an angle because when the sun has to pass through more atmosphere to get here, it creates this kind of golden light as opposed to just a bright, like, there you you know, go. light, right? And, like, I, I was, we were setting up here around that magic hour, and you could see it, and you'll see the photos on our, well, I posted a photo on our Instagram that we're doing this, um, and you can see in that photo just the quality of the light in here at that time, and it's just, it's astounding. It's getting a little darker now because it's approaching evening, but um, it's still pretty nice in here. I <laughs> mean, I like it in given here. Given the setting. You yeah, give I know. The you got to describe, because podcasting is a visual medium. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, as, that, as, the, as it gets deeper into the summer as well, and that sun is, that kind of sunset sun is, 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 here longer mm -hmm. the the light will just stream all the way through to kind of like all the way to the bookshelf past the car and it's yeah it's pretty it's pretty special sometimes when we don't have shoots in and you know it streams through and it's like you know like a clear real clear day i'm like damn like wh why is why are not people not in here kind of doing the magic hack it's, it's like I, you know i want to share it with people well um, it's like you were talking about the music video was here definitely not during the magic hour <laughs> Uh, like the, that music video was filming what, like midnight, right? Yeah, it was supposed to be like a, she was having an underground party. The actual, yeah, yeah. The, the narrative of that music video was they were filming, uh, it was during like, when was it like, I forget when the blackout happened in New York, but it was during that period and she was having a kind of party during that blackout, which is why it was super at night and dark. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Um, I'm trying to think uh, if there's anything else. I mean, there's just so much, you know Instead of and describing then, well, stuff. Well, my plants as well. Yeah, and the plants are great. Oh my I, God. I, yeah, let's plants, plants are like, I mean, they're not like, you know, my my most, uh, you know, like prized possessions, but in a way they're, they're kind of a, like a, for me, I mean, I'm just making this up as I'm saying it, but they're like a representation of the space in the sense that the more plants we get, the longer I've been here. Mm. And a lot of them stemmed off the big plant, which is above the, uh, the, uh, the fridge which was our first kind of ever spider plant. You can't probably see it from where you're seeing, yeah, but yeah. anyway, then I've been able to kind of make little cutlings of those and a lot of the spider plants that you see around, all of them really. So I started giving them away during productions as well in little pots. And that's our, that's some of our, those are, those are our gifts to that's you know, crazy. productions because we just had too many. And especially as summer comes around again, they'll, uh, you know, we'll be giving away like two or three at each shoot, which is, which is, you know, I'm laughing because I'm sitting here thinking, oh, he just like went to plant store and just bought these. But you're actually creating these plants yourself. Yeah. So you, you cut the you cut the babies off the off the big off the big spider. I mean, some of these like these big the palms that you see right, right here. Right. You have to buy those them, are yeah. from a shoot that we did with a with a friend of mine and his his company, and we kind of made it made it a jungle in here and did a live DJ set. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the ones that we've got more recently. 
which are actually super difficult to keep alive. But um, the yeah, a lot of the a lot of the spiders we make the cutlings and and we grow them, which mm. is a it, you know like kind of therapeutic and and um, and I like giving them out as gifts because then you get reports back from friends who are like, oh, it's going, doing really well, and like you know. <laughs> there you go it's yeah, like it's a always always a connection to the studio yeah but say it's almost like a souvenir shop exactly right it's like i, I was at odr <laughs> exactly um actually i want to ask what does that stand for so odr um stands for on da da rance r-o-n-s-e which is a fictitious uh rance is a fictitious word but um, a friend of mine um kind of came up with it when we were studying at syracuse and it meant uh or to kind of go about just doing you to your kind of your most authentic self. But then I kind of took it a step further and said, doing that, but then also having an idea um, and making it happen, which mm -hmm. I think is a very, you know, which is the ultimate American kind of like mindset. And I think when I first came over here, that was something that struck me was about, you know, like people are just always doing stuff and uh, like super busy, you know, and I think that, compare you when you compare that to kind of like the english mentality is um it's different you know it's good and it can be really good but it can you know it can be maybe too much sometimes as well but that so it started as a jewelry company odr back in like 2015 mm. when i me and my friend sam were making jewelry up at syracuse and then when i opened this i was like it's the same mentality you know like mm. and you know so i got had to call it odr as well so. do you still make jewelry um no, not Can currently, I? but I am starting to think about bringing it back. I think it's it's just quite a timely process. Yep. And I think unless you're doing it, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's really like, it's a, it's it's great, you know, as all jewelers know to like, you know, make something and then see people rocking it, you know. Um, and, but it's it, it's pretty timely. And uh, I don't know, maybe I might have, if I can carve out the time, then yes, because I got the space for it, and, yeah, and I'd love to. So we used to make little signet, you know, signet rings, cuffs, um, uh, and kind of like chains and all that stuff. So, yeah, I think I might. I think I might. Just I, might, I might, you know, if you ever go back, that might bug you to do a, a, like a Newark specific signet ring. Yeah, 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 that'd you know, be cool. Or partnering up with someone like Gabe, you know, has amazing designs, and you know, with your know-how with metalworking, and yeah, that'd be, be amazing. Cool. That would be cool. Um, you know, I love those kind of. I'm not going to use the synergy word because I think it's an awful word, but I love those kind of moments where people and their ideas and their skills meet up with other people's ideas and skills and create these kind of interesting um, overlays or accentuations, right? Um, and and I can't wait now that I know about this space to see what other Newark people do in this space, right? And, you know, I think... Actually, let's talk about that. Like, how have you integrated this space into the community? Because, you know, I, I have to apologize. I spent this a lot of this podcast talking about, oh, this secret space that I've never been to. I just learned that it exists. But that's not true at all. Like, this space has been here. You've been doing this stuff. You've had Newark, um, um, Newark institutions and Newark people in this space. So uh, what's your vision with that? Where do you, how do you want to integrate and how are you integrated into this community? Um, I think... Um kind of gradually i think uh we did the you know we've like the sofa sounds that i mentioned that had the you know that everyone from around here come and enjoy like live music that's the way i see it being at its most kind of basic level that's how i'd like to see it on a kind of monthly or um bi-monthly basis but then on top of that you know we've had company you know like your audible guys in here um we help uh or not help but we have 
you know, our friend Sihana came to a lot of mm. the uh, gigs recently for some of the productions, which is awesome. Um, and then we were lucky enough to host um, the Newark Arts uh, event back in 2019, I think, which was in July 2019 or something like that. And then, um, yeah, something I'm actually really excited about is I'm I'm working with this. I won't I won't say her name, but I'm working with this local artist who um, to p- help produce a short memoir that she's envisioned mm. um, about her life growing up in downtown Newark. Um, so that would be really cool. She's a poet, and so it's all going to be um, kind of fit. It's going to be kind of twenty to forty minutes long, and then it's you know, going to be overlaid with, with, with her poetry. So I'm excited for that and excited to do more things like that. Um, again, I think they just have to make sure that they're the right type of projects. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of that, you know, I think it's something that I'm definitely 2021, I'm trying to do more of. Um, so, uh, yeah, those are the, those are the, those are the main ways, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, the music for me is like, I think music, is the best way of like bringing the you know community together and especially as somebody who lives in this area too it's like i'm not uh you know i think that's something that i would like to see more of so you know the more that we can put it on for people as well and here um the better you know and i think i think those those small like kind of intimate gigs work really well because they go from you know whenever it's like seven to ten or whatever and they're like it's um or constantly changing artists and like that for me that's like you know that's as good as it gets yeah, no. So. And, and I totally hear you on that because um, sometimes, not not that you want to be exclusive, like, but sometimes a smaller event is one where I think it can be more rewarding for the people that are there. And to think of attending a live performance in here where you're one of 50 people, as opposed to like going to, the, to a club or to uh, a performance venue where you're one of 300, right? Um, could be a little bit of a different experience and one that might actually create a better buzz for sure around um around the de- debut of a piece or for sure and debut I think, of an album and i think right now we won't you know in the not too distant future you're not gonna have a choice as well kind of with like yeah. this you know post-covid stuff so yeah what's covid been like for you actually it's been um the events have obviously slowed down um you know there's been a few like you know we've done some private dinners and we actually even did a kind of small small wedding for a friend in here Mm. which uh which all went pretty well you know taking all the precautions blah blah um not blah blah but no no i know what you mean blah blah (laughs) and um but production wise yeah like last year march april or yeah march april we whilst everyone was locked down we um did a bunch of improvements which was which was nice you know to have that kind of block time to do that and then after that things started kind of picking up again again like i mentioned like earlier in the um in this in the conversation like we're as a society we're ingesting information visually you know and if companies can't um produce this visual content then they're struggling going to struggle to communicate and so i that's kind of how i've said it to myself in some way and uh and therefore yeah productions kind of kept on coming kind of kept on coming through really luckily and i think even more so whilst new york was a tiny bit more stringent on productions uh as kind of new york kind of got the wrath of covid um some productions started coming here which uh which helped us as well so um but but the thing with productions as well, which is why I felt so okay with 
you know like hosting them and doing them is because they're all done kind of really professionally mm. uh unlike an event you know if you come in here and a few people kind of start taking their masks off or like you know get too close or things like that production you know this is people's livelihood mm -hmm. so it's like they're if they're if you know if they're not working on these things then they're not you know they're not paying all the etc cetera, etc cetera. so it was all done really professionally with all the covert offices and stuff like that which um which was awesome to see because you know now now new jersey is like becoming a destination for tv shows and films and you know like the mm -hmm. joker was you know yep. filmed here and um you know like the equalizer and emergence and like all these tv shows are starting to come to jersey and it's starting to kind of kind of eke itself out of the new york shadow which is important because um you know and and cool as well because there's you know other spaces like this and um opportunities in in new jersey that i think get forgotten mm -hmm. um and we're pretty close as well you know like a lot of me, me is trying to persuade people they're like oh, okay if your production starts in soho for us you know it's to get out to newark is 25 minutes whereas you go the other way and you go to bushwick but they like the the sound of bushwick because it's you know it's brooklyn and they but like it's it's often quicker to get here yeah this this could definitely pass for bushwick you know what i mean yeah <laughs> it definitely can and i think for me it's super rewarding when um when productions come out here and they you know they say to the they say to me once they've they've got here they kind of like oh i saw the cool sh you know it was newark was on the cool sheet and they're like oh gosh like i'm going to newark and then they come up in here and they're like wow this is like this is this is pretty cool and so that's you know i think we're one of a few that are flying the flag here um and yeah just kind of kind of keep keep that keep that mojo going and get people more at ease with coming you know coming to newark because it's a cool place do you have like a dream project that you hope or dream kind of use of this space that could happen um a dream use of this space yeah so to be more specific like is there like a film that you would love or like is there something that you're shooting for um like in terms of big like i'm talking about like crazy big kind of big production big production i mean yeah we still haven't actually done a done like a proper like hollywood film hollywood film yeah. uh, or something like that i think funnily enough the one of the location scouts for the for the joker film said that if they had known about this ah. they might have used like part of it in the joker and i yeah. was like oh my gosh when i heard that uh but big hollywood film or even a you know like a sustained TV TV series that you know would use this as some you know like a uh, you know one of the evil guys lofts or yeah, yeah. you know something like that. I mean it's like it's begging out for that. So I mean, does not, it, it doesn't have to be. I mean so two things. A it doesn't have to be an evil person's loft. It can no, also it just be like a drama, like you know like a like a modern you know millennials living their life kind of thing. It could be a comedy or a drama. This is like like this is eye candy for like the. I'm going to use the word don't punch me, the hipster friend yeah. who lives here and where everyone hangs out, right? Yeah. Um, and that that is that ideal setting. You've created that space in here. Um, but I'm wondering, like, would that annoy you, though, to have... I, mean, I understand it's consistent business, but it also means that you can never change the space, right, if you got a long-running tv show right yeah, but no, I think they... It would be it would be cool enough to have them in, mm -hmm. but no, I wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't bother me. I'd be super excited about that and... Um, excited to go through the process you know yeah. like again when those big productions come through we rent out the car park up there and it gives business to the parking lot over the road it gives business to sihana and it's you know like we end up being that kind of ecosystem to help feed a few other people around here and like that's that's super cool for me so yeah fingers crossed one of those 
one of those comes in soon. We're knocking. Let me tell yeah. you, we're, we're knocking on the door. So it's hopefully it's only a matter of time. That's got to be a kind of hustle. That's an insane. Definitely, hustle. A, definitely a hustle. And um, and 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 kind of a topsy turvy kind of emotion sometimes because you know you have the you know directors producers come in here and it's you know it's the it's the honchos of the of the show and they come in 12 13 mm. you know people deep and then they're like oh, wow this is amazing and then they're like you know i think this could work for x y and z and then you know a day later they're like ah well you know we just got to yeah. show somewhere else and i'm like you know so it's but so you, you can't really count your chickens uh in this in that sort of sense but but you know sometimes it's nice to count your chickens because you get excited by it yeah so um but that's got to be like a level i mean you seem very mature and able to handle it but that's got to be a level of hell right to come so close and you've talked we've talked before about like you do have productions cancel last minute often right yeah uh well not so much i like it's it's not that they cancel so much last minute it's it's that production kind of like things can they you know producers and, and creative can change their mind quite mm. quickly and so if they need, you know, you know, it was somebody reached out on Wednesday and they needed it tomorrow, but then today they said, oh, they don't need it, you know, because it's they're looking last minute and then they try to decide last minute mm -hmm. and then they also pull out last minute. So it's it's that's just kind of the way it goes, and I think that's. But I kind of like that, you know, it's like it's quick, it like yeah. keeps keeps everyone on your toes. You got to respond quickly. Like I don't know, I just I like that. That's that American. That's that American kind of like <laughs> energy and like hustle as it is and. I think Newark is like, you know, a prime place to, it's got, you know, it's got that grit. It's like a, it's such a weird uh, and amazing kind of little place to be in here. You know, I always, I go down to kind of like Avenue A mm. and you have, uh, I've got a friend who runs a, you know, you've obviously got the Avenue A club, but then there's like the, I've got a friend who's got kind of like a car collection down there as well but and it's you know this incredible car collection of like a vintage cars what are you laughing at no i'm laughing because that whole area is like yes you could hide a car collection there but you also can hide dead bodies exactly and it reminds me in like a fast and furious where yeah. you know like this incredible kind of like you know like a multi-million dollar car collection and then right next to it it's is literally here. the newark is like the waste management yeah, the waste you management. know yeah, so you yeah. have the trucks pulling yep. through and then you, it's like this it's like this absolute uh contrast or like juxtaposition, which is just like you. Like, where else do you find that? You know? Yeah, like, but it's so funny. And not too far from there is one of the most beloved steakhouses in in Newark. It's relatively new, but City Rub, which right um, okay. is right over there, and right, uh, right, it's right. a favorite, I think, of the mayor and a couple other people. Oh, is and, it? Yeah, I've yeah, been there it's people do like that spot, and um, and that's like, and I know what they used to in the that, cut. What it's in the cut, as it were, like yeah, that whole like kind of area. That, well, the like, cut is in like kind of like in the yeah. you know like the down and out part. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, like that, and it's that uh, used to be a Portuguese restaurant. I've been there for New Year's Eve. Funny. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, back in the day, it was called uh, uh, Tio Pepe. Don Pepe is the one in downtown. Tio Pepe. What's your favorite uh, Portuguese Brazilian restaurant in the in two the, different things there? So, uh, um, okay. my favorite Portuguese restaurant. Um, there's not that many, so. There, not to digress a little too much, but there are roughly three types, maybe four types of Portuguese restaurant. There's the one that's like <laughs> here he goes. Yeah, I know. There's the ones that are designed for Americans, <laughs> right? Um, or people who Marisqueira. Uh, Siabra's Marisqueira. Yeah, that's actually respected by everyone. Okay. Um, the ones I'm talking about, like Iberia, Tony de Caneca, because these are like legendary places that people go to, right? And like, so they attract a large American. When I say American, I mean non-Portuguese crowd. Um, then there's like 
the like places where all the Portuguese go to, but it gets a little crowded. So you have your Coimbra's, um, your Somars. Those are like more oriented around Portuguese people, and they, but they get pretty filled up pretty quickly. And then you have your small like places. So if I have my favorite. Probably Coimbra, just because I go there a lot. My parents Coimbra. are there. Coimbra. It's over on, um, is that Market still? Yeah, that's Market. Whatever that street is, that's it's 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 down from, um, it's near Riverside Park. Okay. That area. Brazilian places, I have a soft spot for Jalicias de Minas. Okay. Which is a Mineiro place over on uh, Pacific or McWhorter. I think it's Pacific. Uh, they're really great. Pricey but good. Um, that'll do. Yeah, that'll do. Sorry. No, no, no. That's good. Because <laughs> like no, no, not, not, not that I'm worried about you, you digressing on your own podcast. Because you know that's that's your decision. But the, the, the moment it shifts from I'm hosted. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Well, no. I'm no, actually no, I'm actually interested because uh, I'm looking for like a new Portuguese or, or Brazilian, really good, you know, like yeah. place to help cater for some of the events. Because mm. what other thing I like is when they come here, you know, to try their local. Um, to try all the local food yeah. and like to have the local food. And we used to work with a restaurant over there. Which one? Well, I'm not going to oh, say. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay. No, no, go But anyway, they did something I didn't really like. And so, you know, it's weird. Yeah, to welcome to Newark. I, I think I know probably what you're getting at too. Um, they like, it's hard. I can imagine. So the production crews, if they're not having craft services, I imagine craft services, which to explain to the audience is, uh, because of union rules and things like that, um, oftentimes uh, productions will bring their own food. You see this in Newark all the time. Sure. Um, when they film downtown, they have what's called craft services. Um, but you're saying for productions where they don't have that, right? Um, even even when they do have that, like they I, actually have some I, food still. They well, I I say it to them when they come mm. scout the space or when they confirm. I say, by the way, it's Brazilian Portuguese area because yeah, and yeah. and there's some amazing food and uh, like. It'd be you know you guys should you guys should try it because you know you're on these shoot all these production you know folks are on these shoots however many days of the week and they're eating this kind of quite quite you know um, you know similar food but when they come to a place like the Ironbound you know they like part of the fact that they come you know coming into a kind of you know creative space like this and then also trying the local food yeah. you know is like it's part of the experience you know we used to have over at the other restaurant the you know people sit 20, 25 people sit down. And, you know, productions don't want to waste any time. So, yeah. you know, pre-COVID, we'd have them go sit in. As soon as they sit down, the food is ready. Right, yeah, and, you know, they're eating these, you know, garlic shrimp and then, the, you know, yeah. the picanha and all that stuff. And then, you know, when they're done, they pop back in. Because it's also good for them to get out of the studio. Because, mm -hmm. you know, like you people, everyone working from home, you know, recently, if you're in a space for the whole day, it can become quite, um, you know, uh, monotonous. Yeah. The so. reason why I, I bring up concern is I, I, I you know, I know, film and theater people and like it's just and maybe the the production crew is a little bit different but like it's so hard it's why i often don't bring my friends to portuguese restaurants because there's always one halal person in the group there's always one <laughs> vegan in the group and it's just like and, and like it just like like it just becomes un, impossible to take them to portuguese restaurants because portuguese restaurants just violate a lot of these rules yeah right? that's true but you Brazilians can, a little better i've actually brought in vegetarians to brazilian yeah, restaurants you and, can do and yeah arroz feijan spinafri yeah, yeah. Kovi. You know, you can do it. You can mandioca, do it. Mandioca. Yeah, one. exactly. There you go. Which one was that? Mandioca. It's a. Uh, it's like fried yuca. Oh, okay. It's it very popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Delicious. Um, but yeah, so I'm trying to hunt for a new for a new local mm. banger, as it were. Although I mean, you have a good. Not to, sorry, I hate to do this like rep 
certain places, but Rusiana is a good, a really good person. Okay, you, good have to, you have to you have to jot these down. Oh, we should, oh Siana. We, we, no, I'm saying Siana. You already oh, use Siana. them. They're very good. They're very yeah, good. yeah, excellent. No, of yeah. course. Yeah, they're the homies. And yeah. they, they, you know, it's good for breakfast. And I think, but then uh, it's not exactly Portuguese as well. So, no, 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 so, no, yeah, you know, you're right. No, I'm just saying like you already have like really good places I, yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. No, you, um, have to, you have to get the plug in for Siana. Yeah, at yeah, least, of course. At yeah. least two or three times. Yes. Crash, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, for every, every time I plug you, you got to give me a free coffee. <laughs> okay, make that too. If he's listening right now. Make that too. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, it's amazing what you're able to tap into. We talked about this earlier, obviously, how you're able to tap into local businesses when people are using your space. Like you said, the parking lot, um, you uh, like, you know, the um, restaurants around here. Um, I'm wondering, you know, aside from this specific space, are there, if you ever were to expand, and I know this probably takes up a lot of your life, so it's very hard to do that, but like, are there any other spaces in Newark? Yes. And obviously, some of this might be proprietary. You don't want yes, people knowing. Yes, you keep going. But like, where where would you love to expand this kind of concept to? Like, what are the other spaces? Uh, I'm thinking about doing it. Um, there's actually a building right across the road on Monroe Street. I mm-hmm. uh, don't know if you... It's where August Amador... Yep. Uh, no, I know, I know that space. Very if anyone, any real estate guys are listening, then... Uh, <laughs> stay away no <laughs> but there's that that building there i've actually visited it and uh the third and the third and fourth floor are amazing yeah um so yeah i think that would uh that's kind of what i've got my eyes on because mm. it's just over the road right. and it's got the old school factory windows um hopefully no one steals the idea but um nevertheless i think um to then be able to obviously you kind of use like the three years that I've been doing this and reach out to my clients and mm-hmm. say, hi, by the way, there's another great space in Newark that you could use. And I'd kind of probably decorate it a bit differently mm-hmm. and, and you know, and show some of the features in a different way um, to make it different from this space. But yeah, that's kind of a, one of the buildings. Um, and then there's, uh, there's, there's, there's a bunch, there's a, two or three other spaces um it's just about obviously like the dynamic uh of how how we structure the how we structure that and how i kind of take occupancy uh, in them so mm-hmm. um or the studio takes occupancy in them so definitely because i think you know newark is it's it's we're right on that brink right now yeah. you know we're right on that brink we're getting the right type of folks out here and it's getting the right sort of energy and it's you know still the um you know proximity to new york is amazing and productions are happening. So if um, yeah, if we could find a another space or building, that would be that would be amazing. I'm definitely I'm definitely eager to do it. Um, but has to. I also want to make sure that you know I've made the most of this space before I you know we go into there. So right now we're trying to do a rooftop on the roof and level out a quarter of the roof. Yeah. Uh, you know, twelve fifty square feet, and so we can start doing private dinners up there and little shoots and things like that so that's on the list and then trying to get more stuff happening downstairs in the workshop with kind of you know local artists or i even you know thought about putting a little coffee shop down there Mm. um which could then cater to the studio up here but then also be just a little kind of nook in the wall which um i think could you know you could serve kind of daily coffees as people walk by because we have all the foot traffic from the from the parking lot and as they come out you know if you get these you know great like cappuccinos lattes whatever espressos kind of uh, kind of wafting down the street then it could be a nice uh, could could be a nice kind of element and i think as much as i love the the kind of one dollar coffees at mm. the portuguese uh 
bakery down the road, I think there is still room for, you know, good coffee in the yeah, neighborhood. Yeah. As, as good as Siahane is, it's not on the, on our doorstep yeah, as right. it were. And when productions come, you know, they drink coffee up the bazoo. So why not have it kind of in-house as well? And I think that my idea would be to have a, you know, a similar gate to the one we have up the ramp. But, you know, you open the gate up, which there is actually an old existing gate mm. to the left and uh, you open that up and there's kind of a little coffee. You know, you would see this in spots in Brooklyn or my favorite example is back in London on on, Berman, on Bermondsey Street. Uh, there's, uh, there's a bunch of really cool kind of coffee shops. Uh, it's in central London, which, you know, come out of the, f you know, the, the kind of the pub the pub floor yeah. or like, you know, and, and in back of the coffee shop are bicycle repair shops or there's like glass blowing shops. And you know, that combination between studio manufacturing coffee is just such a cool, you know, like create such a cool ecosystem, I think. So um, hopefully we can uh, make, you know, as I said, you know, do as much as we can in here before we move on to the next thing. Um, but maybe not. Yeah. I really wish we had the, the kind of, legal structure in this town to allow that also to be like a cocktail space right also if you ever need a bartender for one of your private <laughs> parties in the rooftop i'm your guy um you are yeah but you like really, to do it for for free right yeah <laughs> which i have done and there are people who listen to this podcast whose parties i've bartended for free because i'm that nice even of a your guy. own birthday well even my own birthday yes we talked about this story <laughs> so my birthday might okay for full disclosure my birthday party um, and it's a space that you've been in, um, or sorry, Alex has been in, not you, the audience. Um, that was like, an invite to the birthday. You were invited because I didn't know you. That's then. true. You but it's know. a space you've been in that's not too dissimilar, a little bit different vibe, but it's much smaller, but very similar to this in in, in aesthetic and and, and purpose. Um, well, not purpose because it's more of a studio space than than a studio is an artist production, not filming studio. Um, but I, I bartended my own 30th birthday party. That's a long and the long part of the story. Um, and, uh, I was telling him about, you know, the fun thing about bartending your own birthday party is that you get to see everyone and talk to everyone. And if a conversation ever gets boring, you're like, Oh wait, I need to make this cocktail for someone. That's a very, of, you know, that's yeah. a very good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. I never, you kind of, when you immediately said that, I thought the, um, kind of responsibility of having to make your own drinks on your mm -hmm. birthday would be uh, quite kind of all-encompassing. But now you say it like that, you know, you do get to, everyone gets to circulate, you get to see everyone yeah. and you're always kind of in the middle of everything as well because people want more and more drinks. So, But you're also removed from it, which is kind of great because you're like the bar, the bar is never at a party at least, like a, a, a private party. Right. Um, one that's not professionally done. The bar is never in the, central, sure. right? It's always off to the side sure. and that's always a great... Um, it gives you like a kind of long perspective. There was a lot of graffiti in that place, if I remember correctly. Yeah, there's there's some. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a lot of stuff in there. Right. Like there's a lot of stuff on the floor, and and um, but it's still a really fun space. Um, and there's a reason why I'm not talking about the space because it's not really public. It's you have to. It's by invite only. You get to go there. Um, not to make it sound exclusive, but um, <laughs> no, you can go. You like doing it. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the fun <laughs> part about it. I guess there is a sense of exclusivity about it, but it's a space that of Newark that's been untouched by a lot of the development that's gone on here. Um, and it feels natural in a way that this place feels natural too. Do you know, uh, do you know a band called the Jack Moose? No. no, no, no. So um, I met, a, I haven't actually spoke to him in a while. He hasn't, he didn't respond to some of my texts. Mm. Uh, I'm sure he, he, he may not listen to this. So um, <laughs> that's, but uh, his name is called Zach and um, him and his friend, uh, you know, have this band called the Zach, the Zach moves 
uh, sorry, the Jack moves and uh, his, he has a really cool kind of a recording studio and loft apartment um, right kind of on, uh, what, is, what street is it? On Market opposite mm. the Prudential Center. And I won't kind of say too much yeah. more, but it's in a tall, thin building and yeah. you would never like, talk about not knowing about this. You would never know about that. I may have gotten wind because i actually lived a block away from there and oh, i may okay. have heard what this is but you're right I, like this is the sad part about new york I, I love this town but like it's gotten so cutthroat with some things now that like examples like on james street a place i would love to live like you know if something comes on the market it's like five days before it's like gone right, right? and it's just like i i don't want to live in a town where it's that like i know everyone wants new york to be successful but like What's the price of success? It's us trying to like fight over the last pieces that are left here, right? And, you know, people talk about gentrification and being priced out. Like that's the big fear, right? Is that this becomes unmanageable. I understand these things are in tension with each other. Like our success is inherently in a, in a, in a free market economy sure. going to be- Contingent on- not, con not just contingent, it's going to accelerate the the gentrification right? right and there's very few ways you can stop that I and mean, we are trying but there are very few ways you how can do you stop think that. ras is uh, and Newark is are doing with that i mean do you have another hour uh, <laughs> like it's a that's a whole different i don't mean that as a critique i mean that sure. that requires an hour's worth of discussion to do sure. that justice because it's a balancing act and i don't blame him at all because that's uh it's a tall order um no one has succeeded in doing it right. Um, Sharp James definitely didn't do it right. Cory Booker did not do it right. Um, it's it's hard. I, I I don't. What do you think though about like the? I mean, there's still so much space in Newark to right and and the changing scene of Newark um, in which like there's still so much untapped land. But here's the thing about Newark: what Newark suffers from, and you may have felt this already because of you know you you. You could probably looking at other spaces and can see this problem, right? Yeah. Um, everyone thinks Newark's turnaround is right around the corner. So where's the market? The market's not where we are. The market is where people think we're going to be. Right. Right. You they, can see this in the rents downtown. Right. Where they're charging rents that are astronomical for right. what they are. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I, I think I see that as well sometimes when I have discussions with uh, building owners and they want something for us you know, a space that I think could work for this type of activity. And then they just, yeah. it, it just doesn't quite make sense. Whereas you would think they'd be a bit more pragmatic, but um, I guess there's the sirens. There yeah, I know, I know. So we were joking that it's not a pod market episode, at least a live one without there being sirens and you guys can hear them right now. We are in a live space. <laughs> there you go. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think it's, it's a tough one to solve there. I mean, but, I guess they're they're trying to kind of I mean I guess that's real estate yeah. as well you know they try and get hang on and then try and get the best best for them no and it's just like it makes me know. sad because like growing up in this town it's just weird to see it like like wave right by in front of you right like to see the world the the place you grew up in and like yeah it's on the comeback but that comeback is happening separate from you now I say this knowing full well that like I'm of means and I can, you know, live comfortably and like this affects people much more direly than others. But for me, it's also just frustrating because it's just like I want to be established here without having to pay through the nose because it was already here before sure. they, you know, these other people were. Sure. Right? 
Um, now, COVID's affected that and has changed things weirdly. And I, I think we're in a bit of a bubble in Newark too. Um, like people were just buying stuff randomly because they thought they could just do that. Um, I think the COVID honeymoon, I know I just said COVID honeymoon, is gonna, the dust <laughs> is gonna settle. Um, and I think people are gonna realize that they, um, they made marriages that they maybe were not as comfortable with. Right. Um, but yeah. Let's see. Um, so uh, we're reaching near our end. And oh, I just, yeah, oh, we really? yeah, I know we've been here. This is this is flown by. I wow. just keep an eye on the clock, and you know, I try not to keep these episodes too long. Getting a little chilly, isn't it? A little bit, but little, not too bad. I little, mean, little chilly. It's, it's it's so weird. Um, this episode won't come out till May, but like it's April and it's freezing. <laughs> I know. It's well, so weird. but tomorrow's gonna be warm. Yes, know? yes, that's April for you. Yeah, I know. April's weird. Um, but um, you know, I love ending my podcast with the same question, and I'm gonna ask it of you. Um, what are you excited for in Newark? What am I excited? Oh yeah, you did say that. that I warned you. <laughs> you did. I I, got, I completely forgot to be perfectly honest. What am I excited for in Nook? Um, I'm excited to, you know, keep like partnering with local restaurants and and uh, kind of vendors uh, whilst we keep bringing productions from um, from New York and other places in New Jersey, and hopefully those productions, you know, keep keep coming to the state so i'm excited i'm, I'm excited for that because i think new jersey's on the come up in that sense um i'm excited for you know things like that uh collaboration with that local artist that i was talking about mm. um getting live music back in the studio super excited about that maybe some rooftop dinners this summer um you know overlooking i think you know we were on the roof last sunday <laughs> whatever it was and the view of downtown newark is it's like yep. it's it's amazing you know you can see new york on the other side in the distance but newark is right up here um and yeah i mean those are those those are the those i'd say are the are the main things i'm excited for in newark um yeah yeah i'm also like I'm excited about this space. I'm excited about sort of slowly. Um, I'm as of the recording of this podcast, I will have had my second vaccine. So I'm kind of excited to see what that world is. Um, and excited in a positive way. Obviously it could be weird. Definitely this world where some of us are vaccinated, some aren't, uh, we're still taking precautions, but I, I am kind of excited to see where that will be and what that means for Newark and maybe being able to be in spaces like this with few, you know, but right now there's three of us in this like 60, uh, 4,500 square foot space. And my sound engineer is a good distance from us. <laughs> uh, he's like on the other side of a room. <laughs> it's kind of great. <laughs> um, and he's wearing a mask. So I can't even tell if he's smiling or just like looking at me with angry eyes and being like, why are you even mentioning me? Uh, he's smiling. Uh, he's, he's smiling. Smiling. No, he's, he's a great guy. Um, and you know, you're distant from me, but like thinking about those kind of events you were talking about those, um, you know, whether it's someone premiering an album of a new band or whatever. And, um, or if it's just like a, you know, maybe someone puts up some art in here for one night and you get to see it, that kind of stuff. I'm kind of excited for that. For sure. Yeah. Um, so that's it for this episode. I want to thank our guest, Alex. Uh, this is Manny Antunes, host and producer of the Pond Market Podcast, editing and sound engineering by Bob Fraze, podcast and logo designed by Robert Conti, additional creative input by Samantha Cateas. If you have a subject you would like to hear discussed on this podcast, please email podandmarket at gmail.com. Uh, or contact the pod through social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And so I'm going to end with a quote, as I always do. And 
Um, I have to apologize. So I picked this quote. I try to pick my quotes a little bit in advance. Um, and uh, I picked a quote from uh, Blake Bailey's new biography of Philip Roth. And I have to say this with an asterisk because it was this morning, um, I think technically last night, um, news broke that um, there's been several allegations of um, sexual assault against him. And uh, these allegations were credible enough that his publisher, W.W. Norton, um, is pulling, uh, they're not pulling the book back, but they're no longer shipping it out. Um, which is, um, it's. I'm not saying it's frustrating that they're doing that. I'm saying it's, the whole situation is frustrating because this man happens to be the official biographer of Philip Roth. Philip Roth, when he passed, before he passed away, designated Blake Bailey as his biographer, um, which matters um, just because he gets to have access to to Philip Roth material that other biographers may not have. Um, but I feel like it's okay to quote this quote simply because um, it's a story from Philip Roth himself. Most of the quotes are from Philip Roth. And he's uh, Philip Roth is no stranger to the podcast. He's a, an award-winning novelist from Newark who grew up here. And one of the jokes I used to make about him is he was, you know, the perpetual Nobel um, uh, shortlister and he never got the Nobel Prize. Um, and so there's a little bit of a joke here about that. So I'm going to read this quote from uh, from the end of the first chapter. Toward the end of his life, Roth would walk very slowly from his Upper West Side apartment to the Museum of Natural History and back, stopping on almost every bench along the way, including the bench on the museum grounds near a pink pillar listing American winners of the Nobel Prize. It's actually quite ugly, isn't it? A friend observed one day. Yes, Roth replied, and it's getting uglier by the year. Why do they put it there anyway? Roth laughed to aggravate me. Thank you. <laughs> 